It's the Cameron Hurley Podcast. Get to work, Hurley. I'm your show announcer, Dimonici, and as always, Cameron Hurley. It's me! It's you. <laughs> Reminder to everyone listening, you can check out the video for this podcast by joining Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Cameron Hurley. What's been going on, Cameron? Uh, I've been staying very, very busy. Yeah. Uh, for those, uh, who are watching the video, as you can see this, this board back here, that's every single scene that I need to write in my book, all, all put out and visualized and all of that. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and every morning I've been going, okay, what card are we on today? So I feel like I'm making progress, which is very nice. Um, also spending a ton of time out in the yard. It is, it is getting serious out there it's i think we're we're officially they're like it's they're like oh it's prob there's like a 90 percent chance that we're not going to have frost anymore um as of yesterday but of course this is ohio so whatever but i am seeing a lot more people out and about somebody just unloaded from their car a whole thing of plants so i'll have to go over there and, be and become their best friend um, and yeah, we've been, been staying very busy outside. I've been staying busy at the day job, staying busy with the novel and, um, yeah, it's been good. And can't forget May 17th, the next book comes out, Future Artifacts Stories on Apex. Mm -hmm. You're doing a, is it a Q and A at their discord? Yeah. Doing like a, kind of like a Reddit AMA, but at their, yeah, on their discord channel for Apex. So if you want to join that, you'd have to uh, go to the Apex website and uh figure out how to get onto their discord i'm sure you have to like sign up for something like maybe join their mailing list or or something to uh yeah, to i'm not up. sure yeah i'm not sure how that works i'm sure that once you get to the site it will all become clear to you though so and so it's been it's been a little over a month since we last chatted you did make a, a kind of an announcement at the end of march about your about your schedule and how you're oh. going about that uh, do you want to talk a little bit more about that or, or refresh that? About my, my book schedule? Yes. Yes. So what ended up happening, I think, at the end of March was I realized that I'm extremely burned out. Um, I'm burned out with publishing. I'm burned out with writing. I'm burned out with lots of things. And I think the um, pandemic has kind of exacerbated a lot of that. I still like writing. It's just the whole publishing aspect of it. Just every time I was opening up my um, my manuscript, I kept going, this book is so late. I don't know what to do. I'm a horrible person. Why don't I just drink? And so it was just very unhealthy, right? Um, and so I finally realized, I finally went to my agent. I said, listen, I need to disassociate my self-worth from getting this book done because every time it's not done on time, I just keep feeling more and more horrible about myself. I said, we need to just take it out of the schedule and it's going to be done when it's done. I'll work on it every day. And it's, you know, a couple hundred words or whatever a day. And then, you know, we'll see what happens. She said, I totally get it. You know, um, a lot of people are burned out right now and struggling. I wish I was someone like Sanderson, right. Who dealt with, you know, the pandemic and all this stuff, but I'm going to write four extra books. Unfortunately, I'm not that person. I am the person though, who is like, let's go dig a pond. Let's dig two ponds. Let's roll some logs. So that seems to be how I am coping. Um, but a lot of times, you know, what would happen was, yeah, I would open a manuscript 
and it would just make me mad, which is what happened actually uh, with Broken Heavens. You know, that that book was like almost five years late. And a lot of it was I was associating that book with some of the publishing things that were going on, like Angry Robot was sold like twice and some other things happened and it was very depressing for me. So it's like sometimes there's like this emotional component um, to a manuscript, which shouldn't be there. And yet it is. And sometimes it, I, I need to like divorce myself from it and move on. So I am at this point being like, it's going to get done when it's going to get done. So probably not 2023, probably 2024 for that book. The good news is me taking a break from, you know, trying to murder myself and write 10,000 words on a weekend um, is that I am actually like refilling my creative bucket. I have like five new book ideas, um, which I had zero. <laughs> I had zero when we pitched Losing Gravity. I had a one line pitch for that one. And then I was like, oh, shit, I don't know what to pitch after this. I'm out. Um, and I think some of this also has to do with you know, I'm 10 years into my career, all of those first line of ideas and stuff that I had, I've written those books. We're now at that point where it's like, okay, let's take a step back. Let's recharge. Let's reassess. Let's see what you're actually interested in writing. Cause sometimes what's happens, what's been happening too, is I'm pitching things that old Cameron would have written, but new Cameron, you know, post pandemic, middle pandemic Cameron is very different and has very different interests than you know somebody before. So um, so I think that's some of it too. It's just there's been a recalibration, which a lot of people are doing, right, with their lives right now after the pandemic. Um, those two years have just been three years. I don't know who even knows what is time. They've been really eye-opening. Like, what am I prioritizing? What is most important to me? I realized like um I was rereading um Meet Me in the Future, which is um, my last short story collection. I'm like, I don't even remember writing some of these things. I don't even know, because you're just you're just churning, right? You're churning out work and you're running so hard. And then you go, just, is this really giving me joy? <laughs> Does this really bring me joy? Uh, and, and at this very, um, this point in time, like we're not hurting for money. My husband has a, a nice union job. Um, we're no longer caring for uh, his grandmother who passed away. So like, I feel like this is the time for me to take a little lull, reassess and get my creative juices back. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's my, um, that's what's going on with that. Still doing short story a month, right? For Patreon. Correct. Still writing every morning. It's just, I'm not going to kill myself to write a book a year anymore. I'm too old for that shit. I'm too old. <laughs> so we've enter entered the Camdemic era <laughs> of your career. The second 10 years yes. will be known as the Camdemic I think a lot of people are going to have like a whatever demic part of their career. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, can you maybe expand upon the idea of putting this small idea into a bucket, which I assume that might just be like a log line, like a very small short sentence or two sentences of like what this idea is and then how you flesh in sort of a general sense, how you flesh that out into okay, this actually has the the components of what could be an actual book or short story. Yeah, a lot of times what will happen is, yeah, I will, I'll have an idea for a concept like, oh, Locke's spaceship murder mystery, or, you know, what if this, you know, mining operation goes out and it's like Agatha Christie and then there were none. Um, and you say, okay, well, that's a cool little concept. And then you kind of write it down. And then you think, well, who are the 
who are the characters and what are their secrets? And I think I immediately start with after the concept has to come, well, who's who's populating that world? And then it's like, well, what kind of world is it? Because that's going to affect who's populating the world. Um, and and then I kind of go from there. And, and especially like if it's a magic world, then I'll do like the magic next. Like, okay, well, what kind of magic systems are there? Um, or again, what technology, right? Same, same thing, really. Um, or about, you know, what's their level of technology? How are they um, operating that kind of thing? And so I start with, again, the character and world building are really very much aligned. Um, and then from there, sometimes I will, um, in fact, I just, I did a whole like 7,000 word outline of a, a science fiction Jane Eyre where uh, Jane Eyre is like this, um, Oh, what was it? She's a, a garden designer. She's a garden designer, of course. Um, <laughs> and she goes to this, you know, the mansion on the hill or whatever. And it's it's a secondary world science fiction. And I just wrote it because I'm like, well, I know the plot to Jane Eyre. And here are the here are the characters I want to do. Here are the twists that I want to have. And here is the world building. Right. And once I knew all those things, then I already had a plot. So that was really easy to write. Um, when I steal plots, so much easier. Quest plots, the next books were like so much easier to write because it's like you're getting the thing that gets you the next thing. Um, and the less complicated uh, a plot is, the easier I think it's for me to then ideate. So I think, yeah, it's it's like how excited you are about the concept. You know, I've got another one um, that has to do with weapons of war and mass destruction that's in a fantasy setting with an interesting magic system. Um, which again, I started with, okay, I have this cool thing, you know, this, this resistance, uh, this, uh, resistance team has been, you know, has to, had to put this super weapon away, right? They had to save it because they were being invaded. And then the liberators come and the liberators are like, Hey, we want to know where this super weapon is. So they team up with one of the, uh, the rebels and it's like, okay, now we got to get the band back together. Right because it takes all five of them to unlock the super weapon or whatever. And then you find out what happened to all them during the war. So I look at, I, I look at like, okay, how can I, um, does, does it have a strong enough concept and strong enough characters and strong enough um, tension, right? Uh, should we trust liberators? Should we not? Are they, they're just gonna use a super weapon like the other ones were. And I think there's, when I'm really interested in like the moral quandaries and things like that, I know that I'm going, that it's gonna have a lot of legs. Um, and again, it's always very telling when you can sit down and write, oh, here's a 7,000 word outline. Um, not all of them are like that. I think for a few others that I have, it's a couple paragraphs, like, okay, here's the general idea. And I haven't fleshed them out, you know, to the extent that I did with Jane Eyre. Um, but here's the, you know, general idea. Again, my, you know, assassin turned gardener detective <laughs> is another one that I've got. I have a very simple basic structure. I've actually written some pages with that. I have five or 10 pages of that just because that's one where I feel like it's going to be a first person and it's a possible series. So I want to have that voice. And in order to get that voice, it takes a little while. So I'm spending some time just knowing that I'm going to have to get that voice down before kind of the rest of the things go, because it's so important with, you know, a murder mystery detective novel. So, so yeah, so really, I mean, it kind of depends on the book, but that's some of the the process uh, and different concepts, I kind of approach a little bit differently. Um, and they do need time to, again, noodle on in the background. So like some of these, you'll be like, man, Cameron was talking about that seven years ago. <laughs> and then it will come out in seven years. But that's sometimes how long it takes because while you're working on one thing, you are always ideating these other things in the background too. Does 
or do um ideas or thoughts regarding books occur at like people talk about they'll be in the shower and like an idea will come to them do you find that like working in the garden when you're focused on the garden then maybe like an idea or something will be like pop up and you'll have to go write it down oh yeah oh for sure yeah i have a little notebook that i keep with me um and then uh i also have of course i take notes on my phone but most of those are are gardening notes but yeah i mean you'll find all the time like i'll be i'll be reading something and be like oh you know and I will go with that. And it's just like, it, it was so funny. I, uh, I had a pitch to a, a big, a big client. Um, and we had to come up with all these creative ideas for the day job. And yeah, I literally was in the shower, came up with some really great creative ideas and absolutely logged time to that project for you know, 15 minutes in the shower for coming up with the idea because it's all creative time, right? Like it's right. all time that you are putting forth um, creative energy and thought into creating something. So yeah, um, you can't really, you know, uh, force, I mean, you can, you can set aside time for creativity, but I think your brain is, I mean, you can't shut it off. Right. You can't right. kind of departmentalize like severance, but like that show on, was it Apple? Mm-hmm. Anyway, you have, yeah, the, the one part of you that's working and the other part that's not anyway. So, um, yeah, we can't do that which is probably better, probably good, <laughs> probably good. <laughs> um, I think what everyone is waiting for, most importantly, is for chicken and uh, duck updates. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so we took the ducks down to the big pond yesterday, actually, and they loved it. They ate a bunch of algae, which we were quite pleased about. And then they let us know when they were done, and they just crawled back out, and we herded them back into the coop, and they were very happy. So. Um, yeah, they've been moved out into the coop. Uh, the chickens are getting beautiful, man. We got some, we just were basically like, oh, we'll take one of each. Um, but they're really getting some beautiful feathers in and, um, they're all a bunch of characters, which is lovely. Um, yeah, no, it's been great. And how are the dogs? Are all of the dogs cool with the, uh, the new residents? No, 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 no. <laughs> Max is just biding her time. I mean, Snacks the Husky is like, thanks for keeping my chicken so fresh. This is going to be great when I, when you're not looking and I'm going to get in. Um, her and Pepper, they have the they have the highest prey drive, so we knew they were going to be an issue. Um, Kojak is small enough that at a certain point, the chickens, and especially Sassy the duck, oh man, Sassy the duck is already like five or six pounds. And when they were in the tub inside, you know, we had a metal grate over uh over the top of it so they couldn't get out and the dogs would sometimes come in and pepper would stick his nose in there and sassy would step get him on the right on the nose and peck his nose and they ah, you know um, and i'm like oh sassy sassy you're the one who's gonna be you know uh gonna be uh protecting all the the chickens and ducks so um sassy has no problem you know given given as much as they'll give her so um living up to the name yeah i think Kotak- what was that? Living up to the name. Living up to the name, Sassy Side Eye. Yeah, um, literally that was the first name, the first one we named because she would just look at you, the side eye, like, what are you up to? What What are you doing? Um, very talkative, quacks like anything. So, um, so yeah, she's great. Uh, and I think, um, and yeah, Indy just wants to be their friend. Our St. Bernard would just wants to be in there so he can cuddle with them and they can ride around on his back. But um, so he's very disappointed in that. Um, so yeah, I think uh, they're they're used to them, but absolutely not would I ever 
<laughs> we have snacks and pepper, uh, you know, uh, um, unsupervised uh, with them or even supervised with them, frankly. Yeah, we have like an airlock around the, the coop because it's a really nicely made coop and it's very sturdy and all of that. But we actually put another line of fencing around it so that we can get in there, airlock right. it, and then open the coop. So if, you know, the, the chickens get out or a dog comes up behind us, you know, they're not going to get in. You have a contamination um, so, station, essentially. Yes, it is absolutely like that. We had to because, yeah, we have we have dogs that love chicken and everything loves chicken. We were reading about that. All the predators, oh, chicken is so delicious. They either love chicken or love eggs. And who can blame them? I totally understand. Right. That's why I can't become a vegetarian because like yeah. all of the creatures on earth, I want to eat chicken. They're, they're so delicious. So delicious. Yeah, exactly. Um, and of course I want to remind folks that you can see sassy side eye and all of sassy's friends uh, by going to Instagram. There's often videos posted by Cameron. And also you are on TikTok, and you are getting some, uh, some nice, views on there and there's videos including um we're starting to do some i guess you i guess they're videos from your patreon exclusive uh series q a's and real-time writing videos and uh, other things and we're put, just putting up short like one to two minute clips so that people can kind of get a taste of what happens in those videos since they're behind a paywall and if they're interested they can go to patreon.com forward slash Cameron Hurley to sign up for those. You had mentioned, I think one of the, the first video I actually put up was for um, originality versus formula. You talked mm -hmm. about that and which is what you talked about earlier with regards to finding, if you have a complex sort of magic system or, or characters that are uh, maybe not you know familiar that you wanna go with more of a traditional story structure as opposed to something more outlandish that would be harder to follow. Um, are there ones that you return to often that you think, oh, this is such a like a nice template that you can do so much with this structure? Or do you try to vary it from story to story? I love quest plots um, and I love them because, and I, I use them a lot with my short fiction. And that is also, you know, because I love pulp novels, which I mean, that, that's Conan. And that's uh, Elric novels. Um, and I, I just love that structure because it is so easy that I can spend more time, more creative energy on the people and the world building and the cool magic. And because that's the stuff I really nerd out about. Um, something like, again, and then you look at like The Light Brigade. The Light Brigade is mostly my most accessible book as far as like world building and stuff like that. And that is because um, the, I knew the structure was going to be really wild and i'm like if i'm going to do a really wild time traveling structure this needs to feel fairly familiar to people oh it's starship troopers it's you know armored it's you know there's a template for it so that they under so that when you have certain expectations so that when you come into it and you start getting the weird structure it's not you know overwhelming it's like oh it's this one weird thing as opposed to everything being weird and i think it was actually cat valente who had said that where, um, yeah, there's like three things like you can do weird prose, weird structure, weird, weird world building. You can get away with two out of three. But if you try and do three out of three, good luck selling <laughs> good luck selling a lot of copies. And people are just like, what the fuck is this? Um, but yeah, you usually get away with two out of three. Gotcha. 
Also on your Instagram, you post a lot of cooking uh, pictures. Do you have a a large collection of cookbooks or is that a do you get those from the library like what's your cookbook recipe uh acquisition like Pinterest, Pinterest. <laughs> like, isn't that interesting it's like actually the one of the only things I still use Pinterest for because that's really nice because you can go oh what do I have in my fridge I have chicken what can I you know chicken with chicken plus you know celery plus whatever and you can kind of kind of come up with a bunch of recipes for it so yeah that's actually where i started and then um i also follow a couple accounts on instagram now um for uh, middle eastern dishes but yeah for the most part yeah it's pinterest that's like my my go-to search engine for um recipes and some of those things uh, you know they use ingredients that you would say oh this is kind of chicken there's peppers there's all these things that like you could get at a grocery store but it's the way that you know, spices are introduced and um, even just the order in which you cook things or, you know, a lot of people don't know how to proper saute something or or that sort of thing. Um, How long have you been in the cooking game, as they say? (laughs) So um, when I was when I was growing up, I was like, uh, knowing how to cook is feminine and feminine is weak, you know, because, you know, I was young Um, and I'm like, oh, it's so stupid. And then I went off to college. (laughs) And I didn't know how to cook an egg, right? I literally, my mom has burned eggs. She's burned soup. My mom burned soup. So it was like, that was just, I just didn't know how to cook. And I realized if I want to be able to feed myself affordably, I need to learn how to cook. Um, So yeah, so in college, I started cooking a little bit for myself, but I didn't get like too serious into it. Um, I think it's really been, it's been, you know, since I had the house the last 10 years, because then you have a house, you have all the, the various gadgets and things um the KitchenAid mixer and that we have a stove that actually has you know it's two stoves you have the smaller stove on top and the larger stove on the bottom um and uh and actually you know it really started when I told my husband you know hey let's I really want you to try Ethiopian food there was a great Ethiopian place in Chicago that I went to all the time well the problem is the closest Ethiopian restaurant is in Columbus which is over an hour away um, so we wouldn't do it that often. And finally, I said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just going to, we're just going to teach ourselves how to cook Ethiopian. <laughs> and we did. It took years, mind you, especially for the injera. That was like, that continues to be like an iterative process, but it, it's a three-day process to make it the right injera. Um, but I think that's really where it became when we finally were just like, you know what? We're in Dayton, Ohio. It's cheap here. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of restaurants. What do we want to eat? Well, fuck it. Let's make it. <laughs> so we did. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's, that was where it got, it went from, Oh, great. I'm cooking some enchiladas and I'm cooking, you know, some spaghetti. And then it became, let's see what else we can do. Let's do some middle Eastern. Let's do, we did a lot of Thai curries, um, for a while too. Um, and now, yeah, we're getting into kind of these middle Eastern dishes, which is really great. Um, and yeah, it is. I I've been really enjoying just, um, especially with vegetables, uh, because I think like that kind of, you know, Midwestern, you know, white Americana, uh, boil some potatoes, and maybe put some salt on it where you just don't realize how good stuff can be when you actually put real spices on it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you actually season it correctly. Um, 
And yeah, and I think there was also a time where, yeah, my, my grandmother passed away when she was like 83. And I realized there were some recipes of hers, my French grandmother, that I didn't have. And luckily her, her daughters, my aunts had them. And so I also worked on recreating some of those. So there was some of that uh, uh, impetus as well. It's just, oh, I want to be able to cook this delicious deviled egg recipe. So. All right. On that note, it's time for a game called oh boy. Cooking Two Truths and a Lie. You know what two truths and a lie is, right? I give you three uh, statements. Two of them yeah. are true. You got to find the lie. Okay. All right. We'll start out with a, this is pretty easy. All right. So I'm going to read three statements. Which one's the lie? Thawing food in the microwave is safe. Frozen yogurt is no healthier than ice cream. Microwave, the microwave removes nutrients. Which one's a lie? The microwave removes nutrients. That's that's the lie, correct? Actually, more nutrients are left because it cooks it faster. Oh, there you go. It does not. Yeah, make I knew it. about frozen yogurt because yeah, the frozen yogurt versus ice cream. It's you know, it's all calories. So, all right, number two, storing large tomatoes upside down makes them last longer. Brown sugar is white sugar with the molasses added back in, and adding oil to pasta water prevents lumpy pasta. Um. The first one? No. Oh. It does. If you store them update down, they last longer. Um, huh. If you add oil to pasta water, it does not make pasta, prevent lumpy pasta because water and oil don't mix. Ah, well, there you go. All it does is circle around in, in little bubbles. Yep. Number three, there is no connection between acne and chocolate. Storing fruit in a paper bag speeds up the ripening process. And when cooking with alcohol, the alcohol will cook out. Uh, the third one? Correct. Only 15% on average alcohol cooks out of when you're cooking with alcohol. Yeah, I think that they, they like to say that it cooks out so that they can justify giving it to children. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Alcohol alcohol, yeah. All right, number four. Unlike other vegetables, raw carrots are less nutritious than cooked carrots. Pancake batter should be lumpy and searing meat seals in the juice. The first one? No, that's true. Because when you when you cook a carrot, it helps to break up the exterior of the carrot. So it's more digestible. Yes, you digest more mm -hmm. of the uh, of the what is it, keratonin? I don't know what it's called. Carrot, no, yeah, carrot juices. Yeah. Uh, searing in searing the meat doesn't hold in the juice. It just adds flavor and texture. Huh. Yep. Well, I would not. Yeah. All right. Number five: rinsing pasta after cooking removes starch, which the pasta clings to. Cooking recipes cannot be copyrighted, and storing an avocado with the pit prevents browning. Which one is the lie? Yeah, these are hard. Um, what was the first one again? Rinsing pasta after cooking removes starch, which the pasta sauce clings to. The second one? Nope, that's true. You cannot copyright 
a recipe you can the uh whatever medium in which you like if you put it in a book the book is protected the book is copyrighted but the recipe not the actual recipe that and you know that's very interesting that explains a lot of things uh going on with recipes on uh on pinterest so but the the pit of an avocado does not prevent browning um what well, it you prevents browning on the part that it's covering well but overall what to, <laughs> to to prevent browning you limit the oxygen and add a layer of water or oil to the to the avocado Ooh, well that's a good tip last one okay these are berries bananas avocados strawberries which one is what? the lie these are berries yes bananas avocados strawberries mm, bananas no bananas and avocados are both considered berries strawberries are actually not berries what Even, are they they're like a secondary fruit because of the way that they form they form from two different like things and they mm -hmm. come together to it's like i don't know the technical term because i'm not a berryologist uh Shit, but, now i gotta google this everyone's google running that. to google right now yeah a couple <laughs> years ago a whole bunch of fruit got reclassified huh bananas and avocados are actually fruit that's based like on the way Pluto. They... that's bullshit <laughs> that's bullshit it's like when my Justice daughter Pluto. <laughs> it's like when my daughter yells at me whenever i say that I'm having a salad and it has tomatoes and, and I'm eating my vegetables. She's like, tomato's not a vegetable. It's a fruit. <laughs> okay. Words lawyer. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, that was our game cooking two truths and a lie hmm. uh, brought to you by Cameron's Instagram page. We've what all learned something. We do. We do. What are you reading? What are you watching? Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm on this, uh, uh, thriller suspense kick with uh, an author called Lorith Ann White. Uh, oh my gosh, I've read In the Dark, In the Deep, The Patient's Secret, The Dark Bones, In the Barren Ground. I mean, it's like, I just, and I have like four more that I'm ready to buy as soon as I have some money. Um, really, really fun. Just, uh, again, domestic thriller slash mystery suspense novels. Some of them set in the Arctic, which of course I really like because I lived in Alaska and I find it, it just very cozy. Um, and then, yeah, then I, I just finished up, there was some more um, Harry Wild, uh, which is a murder show starring Jane Seymour. And she's kind of like this, uh, she's an older um, literary, like a, a retired literary, literary professor turned detective, kind of a Miss Marple vibe going on. Um, that's been really fun. And then I got into a show called Traces, which is kind of a forensic, detective show it's older um and less twee than bones <laughs> less twee uh and then i also i finished the sister boniface mysteries which grew on me that one i took a couple episodes it was a little little too soft and then then i started getting into it um and that was that was really fun so yeah lots of thriller suspense mysteries i'm telling you these mystery books are going to write themselves at some point <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's remind everyone that uh, all of the stuff that uh, they can go to to support you, uh, Patreon, you get a short story every month along with the various videos that are available. Also access to the Discord page where people talk about things 
and what's happening in uh, current events or gardening or books or what they're reading and those sorts of fun things. Also, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, those are the social media accounts to follow. Also, Substack, Hurley's Heroes. Don't forget to go there and sign up because sometimes there's some interesting things that drop, like cover reveals and whatnot. And uh, you can find all that at CameronHurley.com. It's all it's all connected there. So send them home. All right. Get back to work, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>